0: I'm Jim Wills and this is the Art Unknown podcast where we feed your soul with art.
1: Pack badge it's time to go Find your flow and do your creative expression every day.
0: I care about art because it is a fundamental way of people expressing themselves.
1: Your story and who you are and your journey as an artist is part of what's going to make your art valuable. Art really fundamentally connects us as, as humans. Art's that historical capture of time, it freezes it for you and jogs your memory and makes you happy. I know every exit and every highway sign put exits.
0: All right, this week on the podcast, I am with a folk musician based out of Denver, Colorado, originally from Boulder, Colorado, and uh, again, he creates folk music that we're going to get into, plays guitar or electric and acoustic guitar, and last year he released a five-song five EP, which we will talk about, as well as his upcoming project, uh, which will be out a little bit later this year. I am with Cole Scheifele. Welcome, Cole. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So before we begin, uh, people can get a hold of you online, coleshifley.com on your uh, website, as well as on the IGs and Facebook. And I'm sure they can hear your music probably on Spotify and other places where music is available. Let's give the spelling of your name just so everybody's got it because it's an unusual last name. So go ahead. Yeah, so it's S-C-H-E-I-F-E-L-E. Okay, so that's (laughs) Cole. First name, C-O-L-E, Shifley. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. again, welcome to the podcast. I like to start off with an inspiration, something that inspires you as an artist. And it can be anything from music to a piece of poetry or, you know, an, uh, someone that you look up to. Anything that inspires you?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, as far as, like, musicians that inspired me, um, the big one was, he's a local guy, too. But his name's Gregory Alan Isakov, and, and he's doing really well in the in the industry. But um, he was the sort of first one that kind of got me writing uh, the folk style music. Okay, say he's a big inspiration for me. And um, lately, as give me far hit, as in- give me a- what's that?
0: I was gonna say, give me his name one one more time,
1: Gregory Alan Isakov. So that's another tough one. But- <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's local, but um, yeah, he's a you know national touring act now. Um, but it was cool for this last record we made. There was a, a couple of his players since he is a local guy uh, came and played on the record, which was fun.
0: Cool. How mm-hmm. long have you been playing music? Is this is a lifelong uh, thing.
1: No, not really. It's not like. Uh, It's not a family thing. Nobody else in my family plays music. So um, I started picking up the guitar a little bit when I was in high school, like late high school. And started writing songs around the same time. And then I I was studying um, creative writing at um, CU Boulder. And then I decided to transfer over to CU Denver my sophomore year and study music. And that's sort of when I started really getting into it.
0: Gotcha. Okay, and we t- we mentioned folk music. You're pursuing a career as a folk singer, right? As, yeah. At least right now, this is your primary yeah. focus. Mm-hmm. Let's before we get into that deeply, let's talk a little bit about your a little bit more about your history. You mentioned kind of picking it up in high school and Kind of take us a little bit down the path of of Cole, the folk singer.
1: Yeah. Well, I always really enjoyed good lyricism, but you know when I was younger, my idea of good lyricism was different, um, I think, because I just didn't really understand a lot of, you know, my favorite writers now sort of delve into that cryptic style of writing and stuff that when I was a kid didn't really make sense to me. But as I got older, I started to sort of gravitate towards that style of writing. And it also helps, you know, I don't really consider myself much of a guitar player. You know, I've, I've played for eight years now, but I mostly just use it as sort of like a vessel for the songwriting. And so (laughs) that helps as far as folk songwriting as well. You know, that gives me um, access to really like do the storytelling part of it and not focus too much on the intricacies of the guitar. So I think, yeah, I just started gravitating towards it later in high school. And then I went through all these phases in college of like, you know, listening to the Beatles or, uh, you know, I went through some like punk punk music phases and then I sort of, you know, uh, found myself coming back to my roots, um, probably around 22 years old. And and that's sort of how I landed on folk music.
0: And you say coming back to your roots, hmm. like, is as folk music, like, did your family, did you have, Folk music playing in your house when you're growing up, or things like that. That, it's like, one, um, folk music is an interesting kind of music for for young cats. Yeah, so, not to totally. doing anything wrong with it at all. And I actually <laughs> liked your music that you that I listened to. But you know, it's 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 an unusual style for for young people to play. So, what what drew you to it? Yeah, well,
1: it wasn't around my house. Again, it was sort of a, a I found it on my own. Um, my dad would listen to some like Bruce Springsteen and and stuff like that that i would Mm -hmm. i would dig but um really i i grew i went through all sorts of different phases as a kid like when i was in middle school it was like metal and and emo music (laughs) which is a funny phase yeah and and then i got into (laughs) hip-hop and um i like i said i've always really liked storytelling okay and so i think i think it was when i found Gregory Alan Isakov. When I was a kid, he had this. Uh, I thought I was probably like 16 or 17 years old. I found his one of his bigger songs called "The Stable Song," and and that was like this whole different realm of of songwriting for me. Uh, really, sort of, you know, took me off my feet, kind of thing. I was like, "This is so cool! Like, I I want to be able to write like this." And then it sort of grew from there. You know, listening to all sorts of great songwriters that have inspired me with their lyricism. And I think that's, yeah, it is kind of different for a young person to, to try and delve into the deeper parts of the mind in songwriting. But for some reason, it's always resonated with me, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so when you say songwriting, just to be clear, we're speaking about the, the lyrics of the song, right? Like the, the words and the way they're arranged. In the song, or are you also talking about the music as well?
1: Yeah, well, I think my favorite songwriters are ones who make the words sound like what they mean. So they have a really deliberate way of delivering the lyric that makes it that co- makes it compelling. So I mean, obviously, I think for most people when they're listening on the first couple listens, they're listening for what does the song sound like? What's the, does the melody? entice me is it something i want to listen to and then they'll go for the lyric um so i i really do take i'm really really picky about my melodies and i'm really picky about my lyrics but and i think that's why i'm not someone who's cranking out like 50 songs a year um you know it happens every once in a while for me but yeah I, i really like when it all comes together as one whole piece and yeah so so i think i'm talking about everything but lyrics have been the one that have really drawn me to create i think
0: sure sure your music is listen i listen to your album everything matters nothing matters at all and yeah. you released that at the beginning of last year correct And mm-hmm. early 2019 or, or 2019 i mean early 2019 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's already. Right, i forget it's already it's already, I, I it's I already later
1: <laughs> yeah it's crazy
0: yeah <clears throat> it's Soulful is a word that comes to mind right away, you know. Cool. It's a, it, the songs are all sort of, I don't want to say melancholy, but they're all sort of like slower, uh, soulful, I guess. It's just the, the word that really really resonated with me. Would you take me through the album, making the album? Like, we talked a little bit about it before recorded, so can you talk a little bit about how that album came to be?
1: Yeah, so I, I had a lot of those songs for like a really long time. And I just was never able to find the time to record them for for various reasons. But uh, I finally, you know, had a chunk of time on my hands that could, I could ded- dedicate to it. And so I reached out to a buddy of mine. And I was like, hey, man, I, I've got like, I've got a handful of songs. Like, I, I'd like to put out an EP. And I, I got low budget. Would you be down to just kind of make this thing together? So I got with him, and it was a really interesting way of making a record because, like, every arrangement that we did was day of. So we would, like, call in, like, pedal steel or electric guitar. Like, just call up some buddies of ours, and they would come in, and we would write the arrangements together the day of recording. <laughs> so wow, we had, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. And I learned a lot from it. And I think I'm really proud of how it turned out, but it wasn't anything, like... I had no sort of marketing plan. I had no sort of any sort of like plan for shows. I just wanted to make the, the songs and put them out. That's That sure, was a big sure. goal of mine. So, so yeah, we, we did it. But um, that was kind of the process.
0: Well, you know, that's a start, right? Like getting, like you said, you had those songs with you for a long time. And you play them, people who heard you play them, whether live or whatever, they, they heard them. But then... I think getting them down, you know, on a recording, I was going to say on wax. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Getting a a digital recording, a, 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 you know, quote unquote permanent recording that you could then distribute it to the masses is is a big goal. And a lot of people don't take that step, you know. And so I think, you know, that's like your first album under your belt. Now it's, you know, and you're working, now you're working on a full length album. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so we just finished it. Well, we finished recording it a few months ago. And so uh, I think around this time last year, we raised uh, $10,000 to record it over at Kickstarter. And then, okay. so I got with the same guy that engineered and, and mixed the first record. His name's Corbin Roberts. He's a good friend of mine. And then okay. I, we decided to bring on a, pro- a producer and I ended up reaching out to a friend of mine, Ben Wysaki. Um, So he plays, he's played with the fray forever and he's sort of just dipping his toes into the producing stuff. So Mm -hmm. we got together and the three of us uh, kind of mapped out the whole thing and it was way more of a, like a a well thought out process this time. So yeah, we, we got together uh, probably five, six months ago and okay uh yeah we just started hitting it pretty hard we we kind of narrowed it down from about 17 songs and recorded 10 of them and now we're just starting to roll that out so i released a single
0: and the single is called all the while all the while all the while available everywhere yeah yeah where you listen to your music
1: yeah and it's a little different than the uh than the ones you're talking about um it's not quite as melancholy and slow. It's actually a little bit more of a folk rock song, which is different for me, but it's fun.
0: Yeah, yeah I actually, I actually, that's how I got turned on to you. Uh, okay. A PR person uh, sent it out to me and said, "Hey, check out this guy." And I like the song, and I'm not a big folk music kind of guy, so oh, I cool. enjoyed the song, and I was like, "Wow, it's cool." I looked into you a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's an up and coming, like, up and coming dude." A lot of times, I'll interview people that are well established or people that have a a long history in whatever art form they they're in but I also like talking to people who are up and coming and and getting their story because I think that's that's what's really important in the arts is yeah. it's always nice to look at you know a well established musician a band or a music artist you know like I'm thinking of a solo singer like Jack Johnson you know well established
1: mm-hmm. and we
0: don't obviously hear of what were their trial and tribulation years are and so right yeah. now you're kind of in that trial tribulation years. You got one EP under your belt. You're getting ready to release a new album. You released a single to support it, and yeah. you know it's also weird. We're in COVID time still, so I want to talk a little bit about that. But yeah, before before COVID, were you did you play? Were you like a coffee house kind of dude, or did you do shows at all or anything like that?
1: Yeah, we just were starting to play more shows, unfortunately. So I've had like some some health issues which is why it's been so hard for me to get in the studio or, or get out and play shows I've had a bunch of surgeries um, surgeries on both my hips and surgeries on my wrists and stuff just from genetic issues so that's been like always getting in the way but before covid we were just starting to get some better shows like uh, we were playing at the Fox theater up in boulder and playing some some venues down here in Denver and and just starting to get some more stuff on the books, which was fun. And then everything kind of shut down. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always been like that. It seems like per, on a personal level, like stuff seems to get in the way of the touring stuff and, and the recording. So I'm hoping when we put this one out that the world will, will permit me to, to start touring a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sorry to hear about the, the, the health issues. I'm glad you're – it seems like you're mostly beyond that now. And and have you, like I know during COVID, a lot of people have done like virtual stuff, you know, virtual concerts and things like that. Have you d- been involved in any of that stuff? Yeah, I did
1: a little bit of it. It seemed like it burned out kind of quickly, you know, like it was, it was fun for a bit and everybody was on board and then uh, people got a little burnout from it. But I'm thinking about doing it again because there's been a few like venues that have reached out to do some live stream stuff. Um,
0: oh, that's but, cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I, I was doing like Instagram ones though that, that were fun for a while, and then I just kind of yeah
0: yeah you know,
1: stopped. But
0: yeah, well, you're right. It seems you know, and I I have played until until recently. Until I moved recently, I played with the Balinese Gamelon group, and um, cool. you know, we right right at the beginning of COVID was like, what are we gonna do? And we had never done any of that live streaming stuff before, and I sort of departed the group early on, took a hiatus when I coming over here and traveling, but it's just a whole new world, and, and I see some people, who someone that I, like Sophie Tucker, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them, they put about every week. they Every week they do a live stream, and they've been doing it since day one of COVID, I think twice a week, but that's their full... I, I'm guessing as, an, as a young artist, music is right now not your full-time gig. You probably have a side job yeah. or... Another job that pays the bills, yeah.
1: Yep, yep. So, um, I just got my first desk job, which is weird. I'm, it's, a, I'm a little bit of a fish out of water there, but I've been doing that for <laughs> for a couple months. Um, yeah. And yeah, just continuing to work towards that goal of having music be the full time thing, right. Yeah, you know, it seems like it's gradually getting there, which is cool. But yeah, it's a slow-growing thing, and and I've I've got tons of buddies that are doing the same thing as me, so we're all going through it, and you know, just sure. hoping to, hoping well, that you. Can... Yeah, sorry.
0: Well, I was gonna say, you know, this could be like the perfect time because it's because things are shut down so much that it gives you an opportunity to really fine tune your craft and sort of start to build a, a, a virtual audience, if you will, or a digital audience, and then that will hopefully translate when things start opening up more and there's live shows where you're able to bring that audience with you to live shows. So it could be a perfect opportunity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I put out a song with my friend Joel Ansett and and he's got uh, way more of an established fan base than I do. Uh, We put that out in August, I want to say, and that helped quite a bit, you know, point some people towards, towards my music as well so yeah it's just it's a it's a slow growing thing but you know just continuing to meet people make the connections and, and opportunities continue to arise a little bit here and there so
0: awesome that's 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 awesome yeah one of the very first interviews i did was with a guy who played with played with justin timberlake uh on oh, the cool. ellen jenner show he was he was a friend with matthew morris who was long time musician with uh, justin and he got called in to be a set music or a studio musician. And then they asked him to play, uh, you know, accompany them on the Ellen Jenner show. And I think that that was the same kind of thing. Like he just happened to know somebody who knew somebody. And then the next thing you know, he's, he was able to get a much larger following. So it's always friends are always good to have. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a big thing in the industry and for better or worse, but you know, the more people, you know, it helps.
0: Yeah. You know, in a large part, of that, I think in the arts in general, it's about, it's all about networking, you know, getting totally. yourself out there to your fans is one thing, but getting yourself out there to people in the industry who can help support you, who appreciate what you do and see the talent that you have and are willing to to help you grow, I think is, is super important.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think um, just going to school here in, in Denver for music was kind of a giant networking opportunity in and of itself. So I met lots of people in the industry through that.
0: Awesome. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Keep those contacts, especially the good ones. They
1: yeah,
0: they can last a lifetime for sure.
1: Yeah.
0: So let's talk about arts in general a little bit. Let's go a little bit deeper. One of the questions that I always like to ask artists is, why should we care about art? So yeah. in your case, why should we care about music, especially folk yeah. music? yeah
1: folk music <laughs> I, I, I don't know that's a tough one but I think well music for me uh, it's a healing point you know like it's it's this break uh, and uh, I've been getting very into meditation which is sort of a chance to stop and and just feel things for a little bit and, and let your emotions come and go uh, let your energy come and go and I think you know music in general is an opportunity to do that it's sort of a can be that experience kind of and folk music, especially, I think is an opportunity for us to, to sort of feel some of our emotions that are harder to feel, you know, because it talks about some of the, well, it talks about some of the more difficult parts of life, I think, you know, and it really, some of my favorite musicians really delve into some storytelling that's not, maybe, it's not written about all that often, but it's really sure. valuable. And I think those experiences are valuable. I think those words are valuable. And, and honestly, music in general is just, it's universal. It's that thing that we can all connect over. Everybody's always listening to it. So, yeah.
0: yeah oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I grew up during the heyday of big hair metal. And um, <laughs> I just, i you know, the music itself may be simplistic and the lyrics may not be all that deep, but it still was like, you know, it, I remember many, many times, you know, as a teenager being caught up in the throes of what it means to be a teenager. And then I had music to fall back on to listen to music and play. And I played, I grew up playing drums. Uh, so, you cool. know, it, hair metal is pretty easy to play on the drums. And you get down, sit in front of a trap set and just beat the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a great release. So, yeah, man. You, you had mentioned meditation. I found one of the things I didn't mention about your music, it's Soulful, it's also meditative. It's your first album for sure the music has a nice slow sort of dreamlike quality to it that I really enjoyed.
1: Okay.
0: And I was, I was, yeah, for sure. I was playing it. My wife was listening to it and, she, and I had stopped one of the songs in the middle and she goes, she goes, why did you stop playing it? I was sitting here contemplating, looking out the window, contemplating life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel when I listen to those sort of records too. And, and I love that about it. Uh, yeah. Like th- those are my favorite records that you can kind of throw on and, in the background and you know like some of my favorite records i can sit there and like sort of dissect every lyric or i can sit there and and have that experience that meditative experience where it's just kind of passing through me i love that about it
0: yeah for sure for sure now you mentioned records and we threw out wax earlier do you have a do you have a wax collection
1: i'm just starting to i actually just invested in a record player not too long ago, and mostly I just got some of my favorites. But yeah, not not a big one. My friend uh, Ben Wysocki that I was telling you about, has the coolest record collection. Um, you know, just and that's sort of you know goals down the line. I want to build mine up, but yeah, it's so it's small. funny. You
0: know, I what's grew- <laughs> well, so funny growing up when I did. Uh, you know, that was the thing. That was how our rec- That's how our music was delivered to us. You know, and then and then it became cassettes, and then CDs, and then you know, digital from there. But like, how there's been such a resurgence in wax over the last, I don't know, ten or fifteen years. Yeah. Are you familiar with with uh, is it wax tracks? Is that still in existence in Denver?
1: I don't know, honestly. I'll I'll be looking around um, uh, for printing for this one, and then yeah, I, I'm looking for places to go. I usually yeah. go up in and Boulder
0: okay there's a a couple places in denver that used to exist that sold albums and it was funny i talked to people about like man i'd like to get a great collection of albums and whatnot and i remember this one place i'm not going to mention their name but i think they would get so much and it just you know it's it's hard to maintain a record store as it is in today's world that they would throw out you know every week they throw out hundreds of albums out in the dumpster out back and i remember going down the alley one day and i seen this dumpster full of records i was like oh my god like this is a a DJ's dream and a record collector's dream. I mean, there's. It's like, what are we gonna? do? They're not worth anything to people who don't want them. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: it's yeah. Sad,
0: but it's also true. So.
1: Yeah, it is sad. I talked to my uncle about that. You know, he had a massive record collection, and he thought when once everything went digital, that that they weren't coming back. So he got rid of all of them. I was like, that's such yeah. a bummer,
0: dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of us did that. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know carry all these records around with me for Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> well, you talked about a bunch of artists that you've worked with and you've talked about an early inspiration. Tell me a couple of other artists that inspire you that aren't necessarily musical artists, just, you know, in general. Mm.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Well, there's another local person. I think she's local. Um, but she wrote this book that I was taking a poetry class back in college and we were told to read this book and I pretty much carry it around with me now. It's, it's, uh, her name's Elisa Gabbard and it's a book called The Self Unstable. And it's this book of like short prose poetry, really accessible because sometimes poetry for me, is like, I just can't understand it. Like this is too cryptic. So it will be frustrating for me, but this one, they're just very, these really short prose poems, and each chapter is based on, you know, different parts of the self, and it's, it's really interesting,
0: yeah. What's, what's her name again? Elisa Gabbert?
1: Yeah, G-A-B-B-E-R-T, I believe.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah, I
1: love, I love that book. And, and then, yeah, I've been reading lots of, like, there's this woman, Sharon Salzberg, who's kind of a meditation guru. Uh, okay. And yeah, I've, I've been reading her books, which has been inspiring for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah. You met, you mentioned meditation twice now. Do you do transcendental meditation or uh, even yeah, specific?
1: I, I do mostly guided meditations and I'm just getting into it, just sort of scratching the surface of it. So I'm not all that well versed in it, but it's been super helpful during the pandemic, you know, just having those times sure. to, to sort of stop, and there was actually this Netflix series that I started last night that came out on meditation. Uh, it's like a guide to meditation, and and they do this really cool animation and like stories behind each different meditation, and then they do a guided meditation at the end of each episode, which is cool. Right, oh, so cool! That's, yeah, I've been kind of into those guided ones. People help me through it because you know I'm not I'm not a professional yet. <laughs>
0: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, my wife and I have been meditating for many years. I, mostly oh. transcendental meditation, which is where you, um, where you have some sort of mantra that you repeat throughout the meditation. And the mantra, oftentimes in a transcendental meditation, you have a, like a Sanskrit mantra. So it doesn't really mean anything in English or it doesn't translate directly or you may not even know what that translation is. It's just something to repeat in your head that, that allows you to focus. Oh. But I also love guided meditations, too. They, t- they definitely can take you on a journey, for sure. Yeah, yeah, they're great. They're great. It's kind of get lost. Do now, you, uh, sure. whether in your meditation or, I just have to ask this because, A, you're from Boulder, B, you're a musician, <laughs> C, you meditate, uh, yeah. do you involve psychedelics or other kind of drugs invo- in your music or in your, your meditation practices or anything like that?
1: I don't. um, Although I'm very interested in them, I'm reading another book by Michael Pollan. He's a a scientist, and it's called "How to Change Your Mind," and it's about psychedelics. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, it's it's about like. Yeah, it's really interesting. He's a well-renowned scientist who sort of uh, has dipped his toes into the psychedelic field later in life, and it's talking about its values in psychotherapy and. And so I am really interested, but I don't use it in my creative process or anything like that.
0: You know, and I know, like, especially, what about marijuana? You know, it's Colorado. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, here and there, you know, it, I enjoy it, but it's not something that really helps with my creative process. I don't feel like, you know, sometimes it'll help me with maybe like a meditation or. But I don't do it all that often, so, you know? Sure.
0: Sure, Um, absolutely. And and I ask, and I hope you don't mind me asking. uh, No, it's okay. You know, it's 2021. And Uh. I realize it's funny, when you look back at history, you mentioned the Beatles earlier. You know, some of their best music came from smoking pot or doing LSD or what, you know what I mean? It's like we revere, especially musicians, I think, we revere a lot of musicians who have created great music throughout history, and especially in the 20th century and forward. That music has been created under the influence of some sort of you know, some sort of drug. Yeah. And yet as a kid you never learn that. You know, that's not taught that when you're listening to the Beatles in elementary school or high school and then you're like, oh wait, these guys are smoking pot. And this song's about LSD or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, and it's I think an interesting kind of Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think it's all valuable actually. I mean, you yeah, know, those experiences. As long as, I don't think there's anything such thing as a bad drug it's people's relationships with the drug that can that can make them bad um
0: i agree with you 100 percent. yeah so yeah it's the way it's treated yeah one of the one of the interviews i did uh not too long ago was with morgan mandala and her partner uh, randall roberts and they both do psychedelic art and they um i actually met them at a desert dwellers concert and cool they do art that's sort of, Randall described his art as a guide through the psychedelic journey. And so, yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild. And, they, and they, yeah. they said that they don't really use the drugs when creating the art. It's, it's not like it's hard to create when you're you know, doing a trip, but if you're, if you're taking a, a trip into the mind, like it's a, it's a roadmap for you, his, their art, which I found was very interesting.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, it's totally. You can take stuff back from it for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you hope to, to uh, give the world as an artist?
1: A little bit of anything, you know. For music, and especially the the type of music that I like to listen to and write that that type of music has helped me through dark times. It's made the good times better, you know. It's helped me co- sort of uh, figure things out that I sometimes felt like i couldn't figure out for myself it gives you those tools to kind of to kind of heal and especially you know with with deep songwriters it gives you that opportunity to be like oh someone else has felt this way too <laughs> um, and it, it, you know it, it gives you that i think with some artists now like like phoebe bridgers who's really connecting with a lot of people you know she she talks about some pretty intense things, and I think it, and she's pretty on the nose about it. So I think artists like her are starting to resonate with people and especially my generation. So, you know, just giving people that sort of access to, to some of these things that, that we're feeling um, and sort of offering them any, a little bit of anything during it, you know, that's what I always yeah. hope for.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds like you have a desire to be a positive influence on the world
1: I'd like to be, yeah, and that's, that's it's it's uh, an interesting thing because you know like you said i write I write mostly some melancholy songs but yeah, but then, you yeah go
0: ahead well, i was I was gonna say you even said it just prior was that you may write a melancholy song, but someone may hear that and go oh wow this this person has, is you know, they're emoting the same thing that I'm feeling right now, or they've, they must have gone through similar struggles because it speaks to me. What they wrote and, and sing speaks to me. And I think that's super important, you know, like, especially if you're writing from your heart and you're, you're sharing your own views and perspectives on life through your music and through your songwriting, that someone else realizes they're not alone. And I think that's super important because yeah. all too often, Feel that we're like, oh, I'm alone in the world. No one else has ever felt this way. <laughs> yeah, especially but, you know, in Western the reality culture.
1: Is, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: For yeah, sure. everybody tells you not to, to feel your emotions, especially growing up. You know, you know Western culture. It's sort of it, you don't really get to to feel your emotions sometimes, and sometimes it's you need something outside of yourself to sort of let you feel them again. And I think music can be that for people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, On the songwriting, do you write the lyrics first before you sit down and figure out the music to it?
1: It goes back and forth, I'd say. Um, Sometimes I like, uh, because I like to write poetry too, and sometimes I'll have a poem or like a line or something, and I can start there. But a lot of times I'll just be like on my guitar, just singing gibberish melodies, (laughs) And, uh, and then I'll sort of write to that. Um, and I think that's the way it mostly happens for me, but it's been both over the course of writing songs for sure.
0: I was going to ask if it was hard to like, if you have a poem that you've already written, is it hard to set it to music, be, you know, or is it easier to do the, the other way? It's
1: like when I have a poem, like, cause a lot of times I don't really write like prose poetry. Like I write more rhythmic poetry. So okay, sometimes it'll be easy to put it, you know to a rhyme structure in a song but a lot of times i'll just have to kind of reinvent the line or the concept so like i'll take a line from a poem that resonates with me and and then sort of just rework it so that it fits itself into a song line all right yeah. all right which okay. makes more sense in my head you know
0: <laughs> yeah 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 for sure well it's good that you're not stuck like this is the poem that i wrote and it's going to be this way for, for eternity, it's good that you can go, oh, you know, let me rework it for the music, even though I, I, you, you want it to keep the same meaning or, or you know, purpose that it has, but you kind of work it into the song so that it makes more sense. I, I think that's good.
1: Yeah, I do that with songs too, actually. You know, I'll write like an entire song and decide maybe this isn't, maybe this isn't a keeper, but I'll take a bunch of lines from it, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that happens
0: a lot. Yeah. You hear, especially when you hear artists like, you know, you go here and you hear earlier tracks, or you know, a band that I, th- I was thinking, trying, a band that I just thought of that, that I know that does that a lot when they tour live and that, that they used to do this, I guess, was the Dave Matthews Band. Yeah. They would play music, music live, and they'd rework the song on their tour, and then by the time it finally got laid down in an album, it was could be very different from how you originally heard it. And I think I know them because they often record their live shows you know so you'll hear a song at a live from a live recording and it's very different from one to another (laughs) yeah they jam dude they're
1: (laughs) they were uh, my mom was a massive dave matthews fan when i was a kid so those records were always on (laughs) in my house and i went to see them live (laughs) a few times they're fun but yeah yeah, they definitely yeah uh, never really know what you're gonna what version of the song you're gonna hear
0: Yeah, yeah, they always switch it up, yeah. I actually saw Dave Matthews, I didn't like them until after I moved to Colorado, and I saw them at Folsom Field there at Uh, CU, Yeah, and I was like, well, who are these guys, like, they they jam, they do jam, yeah, (laughs) they got a great live band.
1: Long uh, interludes of just jamming, which I used to not like, but now, now I can... I can vibe with it.
0: <laughs> you appreciate it a little more.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It's it's not something that, that I like to aspire for, but I always appreciate it.
0: I was gonna say, how do you jam in a folk song?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> to let other people do it.
0: <laughs> there you <laughs> go. I, you
1: I just go. keep playing C chords, and I will let the violin solo.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you this: You're you're. You're trying. To, you're you're working to get into music full time. It sounds like like this. You you want to make this your your. It is your passion. I can tell just from talking to you. And you're a young guy. You're a young cat that's working in the industry. Released an EP. You're getting ready to put out a, a full length album, and you've making the connections, the network connections, and you're finding people that can really assist you and help you along the way. What do you think holds most people back from taking that leap that it seems like you are taking now?
1: Uh, themselves. I think you know. And for me, it was that forever. You know, am I good enough at this? Is this what I want to do? Is this what I'm meant to do? We're definitely our own worst critics. And especially as artists, you know, it's this vulnerable thing to create and then proceed to put it out in the world. And even, on, you know, I released this single the other day. And there's hours and hours and hours of work that go into these songs. And then you just, all this build up, all this marketing and promo, and then you put it out. And you're like, here's a three-minute song. And it's very, it's very, (laughs) (laughs) it's very uh, vulnerable thing to do. And it's hard, you know, you, I think for artists in my position who are just starting, you want the numbers, I think. A lot of people want the numbers, but you can't measure your success that way. I think I'm, I'm learning that and you just got to do it for you. And I think the biggest thing that was holding me back from recording and playing shows as an individual, as myself. And the more I do it, the more it starts to, you know, make itself clear. Okay. This is what I want to do, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. That's, that's, that's a uh, very wise of you to say, I think, you know, it's <laughs> oh, a good lesson. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, a, it, <laughs> I know it sounds cheesy, but you know, in today's age where, you know, it's all about the likes, regardless yeah. of, it is and it's so I'm it's so hard for especially I think young people growing up in an age where you you were born with a cell phone in your hand you know what I mean And, and and it's how do you navigate those waters and I the fact that you just said do it for you and I think that's really important as an artist to to focus on their passion and and not try to create art for someone else you know it's create art for yourself and there's probably going to be other people out there that like it. And if there isn't, well, then that's fine, too. You know. Yeah. And me
1: and all my buddies are battling that dilemma right
0: now. <laughs> so. well, and I, for you, it's a challenge because folk music is not mainstream. At least, you know, the no. folk music from you that I've heard thus far. I'm excited to hear your whole album because you said it's different than what you've had. But it's not mainstream. So it, you're you're looking for an audience out there that, 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 that's definitely there. And totally. it's just a matter of putting the music out there and letting the audience find it to a certain degree, you know?
1: Yeah. There's a, there's such a huge community surrounding folk music. I mean, I, I go to the, the bluegrass festivals over the summer and, you know, it's such a deep connection to it. And, and the artists have this, this following that's that really backs them and like really believes in what they're doing. And that's special to me. And I've never been someone who, really desires to make commercial music or have tons of commercial success. So that's something that I've tried to balance because obviously to make a career out of it, you have to have some of that.
0: Right. Right.
1: So it's, it's something that, that I always, you know, keep in mind and this record, especially, I'm working pretty hard to push myself to, okay, I got to do the marketing stuff. I got to do the business side of this, but just, keeping grounded, remembering why I'm doing it in the first place. and Yeah, yeah, I, for
0: sure. Not, not getting lost in it.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's, I mean, you wouldn't have done it. You wouldn't have started doing it. At least for me, like you said, picking the genre that I did, I wouldn't have done that if what I wanted was to, you know, become an overnight pop success or something like that. You know, it's
0: right. right. I, I right. kind
1: of knew going into it, it was going to be a slow growing process. So I'm just trying to, to trust the process and stay true to that.
0: That's cool. That's good. It's you know, there's a million Taylor Swift out there. You know, they come and go. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're, I think you're really right about the the fan base of of an artist that has a certain genre or or smaller genre of music. If they find that fan base, or the fan base finds them, they're going to stick with you. You know, they like what you do, and they connect, and their their your art resonates with them. They'll stick with you. I. Right? I went to, I've been to the Telluride Bluegrass Festival, man. It was one of the best music festivals I've ever been to. You know, it was so fun. It's so fun. So I I look forward to the days when music festivals come back. I also love E&M festivals, but, you know, it's a whole (laughs) other. Well,
1: you know, I'm very well, I don't know about well, but you know all my friends you know my roommates are big edm fans so that stuff's always on around here and and i've been to shows you know red rock shows that i really enjoyed that were edm so definitely it's not something that uh, as a folk musician that i'm still i still like that that stuff
0: we need you to a little folk edm mix there (laughs) yeah right Some people have happen, asked, uh,
1: yeah, like I'll put my <laughs> stuff up on SoundCloud and and I'll get like uh, producers and stuff asking to to make a, like beats over it and I'm like I don't I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, some of some of Kygo's most popular works are things that he's that he's uh that he's remixed that you would never think like totally. this would ever fit EDM. So, you never know. You never know what the yeah. future holds. That's true. yeah,
1: I keep an open mind.:
0: <laughs> So you dropped the you dropped single that it's available anywhere people will listen to the music, and the name of the single again is "All the While." "All the while." And then you have an album. Do you have a release date for the album, the completed album?
1: I don't have an official release date right now. I think it's going to be spring of 2021. Um, and it looks like sort of as far as... The, the marketing plan goes that we're going to release a couple more singles before the release date of the album But right now yeah, it looks like spring maybe may-ish
0: Not okay well, and what's the name of the album going to be
1: it's called the hideaways.
0: the hideaways the hideaways yeah what's the inspiration for that name
1: uh well the there's a song on the record called the hideaways and it's sort of a the whole record to me feels like a coming of age thing. And, and that song in particular is about, to me at least, letting go of, of childhood, which has personally been, you know, one of the things that I've struggled with. You know, I've been, I've been a very nostalgic person. So this is like a coming of age record to me, sort of growing up. Yeah. And, and that song, uh, you know, uh, the first line on it, is long live the hideaways, the brittle leaves where time escaped, um, and those sheet-filled kingdoms we built kept us safe. You know, just about building forts with your friends when you're a kid and that type of stuff. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So pro- a- that is poetry, brother. That's right there. That's some good poetry. <laughs>
1: thank you, thank you. I
0: like that. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, cool. I look forward to your album coming out and the hideaways coming out. And to make sure again for people to get a hold of you uh, to find you on all the social medias. Just yeah. your name, Cole Shifley. Shifley, Man, I was so close. Cole Shifley. You know, I haven't, um, I, haven't googled, I haven't googled you, but your name is so rare that you do come up on the first page of Google. Is all about you, my friend. Yeah, on that Facebook, is nice. your website, Instagram. Yeah, it's always good when you have a a rare name,
1: yeah. right? for having a name that nobody's going to be able to pronounce for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> Have you had, you had any pressure yet to change your name, to pick, to, to pick a stage name?
1: I haven't, but you know, I've thought about it just for, for that reason. But, you know, I, I do most of the songwriting, pretty much all of the songwriting myself, and yeah. the band. band is constantly changing. So for now, I think I'll keep it. <laughs>
0: there you go well you know and i think it's more common for actors for whatever reason but as a musician you know once it gets out there when, when, once you get out there enough people mispronounce your name
1: <laughs> then, yeah right
0: get it, right well cole shifley we'll, we'll get it
1: well so, my two of my, my two favorite artists are gregory allen isakov and Lee bolabeck so i <laughs> I'm, I'm following artists who are doing the same thing you're,
0: yeah you're in good company man you're in good company yeah. So any last words or, or thoughts that you have for the the podcast listeners?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, assuming most of you've never heard the music. So if you decide to listen, you know, I hope it finds you well. And I, you know, I hope it offers you a little something. And yeah, awesome. thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it as well. Thanks, Cole.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Pack to it's time to go back, to back it's time to leave. Oh, I've dreamed now a thousand places city, states and outer space i'm going.
0: the music for this episode of the art unknown podcast is of course Cole Shifley the song is his latest release all the while it's off his upcoming album the Hideaways. check out Cole wherever you listen to your music on spotify soundcloud pandora youtube music apple music amazon music all the musics. Go check out Cole Shifley. Thank you for listening to the Art Unknown Podcast. I'm Jim Wills, and I'm on a mission to share art with the world. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a positive review, or better yet, tell your friends. If you're an artist or even want to hear from a favorite artist, well, send us a message. We are putting this show on for all of us who love and appreciate the arts. Remember, Always be good to one another, and of course, take time to feed your soul with art.